0: of the wonderful Word of the Lord. Amen. Good to have back with us on the platform today. Amen. Amen. Turn with me in the Word of the Lord this morning to uh, the book of 1 Samuel chapter number 17. 1 Samuel chapter number 17, a very familiar passage of Scripture. 1 Samuel chapter number 17, beginning with verse number 3 this morning to get us Amen. First Samuel chapter 17 began reading with verse number 3. It says the Philistines stood on a mountain on the one side and Israel stood on a mountain on the other side and there was a valley in between. And a champion went out from the camp of the Philistines named Goliath from Gath whose height was six cubits and a span. He had a bronze helmet on his head, and he was armed with a coat of mail, and the weight of the coat was 5,000 shekels of bronze. And he had bronze armor on his legs and a bronze javelin between his shoulders. Now the staff of his spear was like a weaver's beam, and his iron spearhead weighed 600 shekels, and a shield-bearer went before him. Verse 8. Then he stood and cried out to the armies of Israel and said to them, Why have you come out to line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine and you the servants of Saul? Choose a man for yourselves and let him come down to me. And if he is able to fight with me and kill me, then we will be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then you shall be our servants and serve us. And the, Philistines said, I, and the Philistines said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. When Saul and all Israel heard these, word, these words of the Philistines, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. Look down at verse number 32. Ah, but then David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. I want to use for a subject for a few moments this morning. Step out of the crowd. Step out of the crowd. Father, I thank you today for the anointing of the Holy Spirit that enables and empowers us to deliver the Word of God. Father, this Word burns within our spirit today. And I pray that you'll help us, Lord, to deliver the Word as it has ministered to us Father, I just pray there'll be people today that will be willing to step out of the crowd and be used of you in a mighty and an incredible way. For the glory of God, we ask these things in Jesus' name. All of God's people said, praise the Lord. Lord. And you may be reseated this morning. Friend, God is looking for somebody that will dare to step out of the crowd and volunteer to be used of God. You see, most people spend their entire lives standing in the midst of the crowd, blending in with the crowd, unwilling to take a step forward beyond the crowd. Unwilling to stand alone, unwilling to be singled out, unwilling to separate themselves from the mainstream. You see, God seldom, if ever, uses the crowd to do His work. Rather, he waits for someone from within the crowd to step out of the crowd. I heard that voice of my wife somewhere, but she's not where she's supposed to be. Where are you at? Did I not hear her? All right. Somebody sounds like her. Thank you for the amen. Sometimes she's the only one. God waits for somebody from within the crowd that will step out of the crowd. And this person, God, will use in a supernatural way. I want to call your attention today to several people who were willing not to stand just stand with the crowd, but were willing to step out of the crowd. And because of that, they were used in an incredible way by God. Let me suggest, first of all, David stepped out of the crowd, and he stepped out of the crowd with courage. David stepped out of the crowd with courage. On oh, 1 Samuel chapter 17, we just read, it tells us about the challenge that a nine-foot giant named Goliath issued to the armies of Israel. And he's going to fight whoever Saul and the army of Israel sends out to face him. And, and whoever wins this fight, the people of the loser will serve the people of the winner. And for 40 days, morning and evening, Goliath, this giant, would present himself and propose his challenge. For 40 days, day and night, night Goliath would defy the army of Israel and defy the army of the living God. And the crowd tolerated this berating and humiliation. And there was no one within the crowd that had the guts to step forward and step out of the crowd and be used by God. And day after day after day after day after day this went on. And the crowd did nothing. No one in the crowd willing to step out of the crowd and accept the challenge. The crowd is fearful. The crowd is afraid. He, he's a giant. He's, he's over nine feet tall. He, he makes Shaq look like a shrimp. Let me tell you three things about fear this morning. Number one, fear paralyzes. Fear paralyzes. Friend, fear will stop you in your tracks. Fear will squelch any momentum that you might have had. Fear will suck the very life out of your dream. Fear paralyzes, but not only does fear paralyze, but it also, it also prevents. Fear prevents. Oh, oh fear can, pre- can prevent you from doing what you should do. And it can prevent you from doing what you could do. And it will prevent you from doing what you would do. Fear paralyzes. Fear prevents. The third thing about fear, it presumes. Oh, oh, fear anticipates the worst and it amplifies the least and it antagonizes the optimist. And all three of these things happen with the crowd in Samuel chapter 17. But one day as Goliath comes and makes his boast and comes and presents his challenge, one day David is in the crowd and he hears Goliath's challenge and he hears Goliath defy the armies of the living God. And David stepped out of the crowd that day. He refused to be bullied by this giant, refused to allow fear to paralyze him. And David steps out of the crowd that day with courage. And David said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? Friend, God is looking for somebody today that is willing to step out of the crowd with courage. Someone here today oh, that will face the giants that are in their life and face the giants that threaten the life of their family. God is looking for somebody like David who will not tolerate the berating and the humiliation that the crowd is willing to allow. Notice three things that courage will do for you. This is good stuff this morning. I'm going to buy the tape. It's so good. Three things that courage will do for you this morning. Write them down. First of all, it will elect you leader. Courage will elect you leader. Oh, True leaders are people of courage. True leaders, people of courage. Somebody needed to take charge that day. Listen, the people in the position of authority weren't taking charge. Saul didn't step out of the crowd. David's older, stronger, well-trained in battle brothers, they did not step out of the crowd. Friend, position is the lowest level of leadership. Some people boast in their position, but position is on the very lowest level of leadership. Friend, just because you hold the position, that does not automatically make you the leader. And there are many people that hold a position, but they are not the leader. Somebody within the organization is leading because position is the lowest level of leadership. But friend, courage will elect you Leader. ah, oh, you might be the youngest. You might be the smallest. ah, oh, you might be the new kid on the block. But if you possess courage, courage will elect you leader. Notice this this morning. David went there as an errand boy. He went there sent by his father. He wasn't even allowed in the battle, in the army, in the fight. He went there just as an errand boy. He brought bread and he brought cheese. I guess they were going to have grilled cheese sandwiches. David went there as an errand boy sent by his father. But friend, courage elected him the leader. Three things about courage. Number one, it will elect you leader. Number two, oh, I like this one. It will eliminate the common and the ordinary from your life. Courage will eliminate the common and the ordinary from your life. You see, before David's encounter with Goliath, he was known as the baby of the family. Ah, He was known as the run of the litter. He was known as the little shepherd boy that kept the family sheep. Before David's encounter with Goliath, all he was was a little shepherd boy. But friend, courage eliminated the common and the ordinary from his life. Because after he did battle and after he won the victory over Goliath, no one ever thought of David as a lonely shepherd boy ever again. He's not a shepherd boy. He's a giant killer. Friend, you can blend in with the crowd. You can... Oh, live a life of mediocrity and you can just go for security in the easy way if you want to. Or you can be like David and be willing to step out of the crowd with courage and do what the crowd will never do. And courage will elect you the leader and it will eliminate the common and the ordinary in your life. And the third thing courage will do, it will elevate you before others. Courage will elevate you before others, oh, before this encounter, David was a nobody, just a keeper of sheep, the baby of the family, the run of the litter. But, but courage elevated him. Ah, oh, he came there as an errand boy. But ah, oh, before the day was over, the king hears about this little boy named David, and his willingness to step out of the crowd and face the giant. Oh, the people of Israel hear about David and about his encounter and his eventually uh, defeat of this giant. Oh, they eventually begin to sing his praises. Saul has slain his thousand, but David, he slain his ten thousand. Oh, is there anybody here today that is willing, uh, amen, not to just mingle and stand around uh, complacent with the crowd, but is there anybody today that is willing to step out of the crowd? God is looking for somebody that will get out of the crowd, amen, and be Use mightily for God. You, Hallelujah. Let's look at another one. The three Hebrew children stepped out of the crowd. They stepped out of the crowd with conviction. Conviction. Their story can be found in Daniel 3. We don't have time to read it this morning. You know it well. Old King Nebuchadnezzar sets up an image of gold, makes it a law that when music is played, everybody's got to bow down and worship this golden idol or this false god. And anybody that refuses to bow to this golden image will be burned alive in a furnace of fire. You know the story. The the crowd bows down. The crowd bows down. It always does. The crowd goes along to get along. Oh, but there are three young men all named Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego who loved and served the only true and the living God. And they were willing that day to step out of the crowd. They're not going to bow along with the crowd. They're not going to go along to get along. Amen. They are willing. Amen. They've got some conviction in their heart. Amen. They're willing to separate themselves from the crowd. They were willing to step out of the crowd. Amen. And be separate. You see, they knew God's law. Oh, they knew God's law. Thou shalt have no other gods before me, and thou shalt not bow before any graven image. And so with conviction, these three Hebrew boys refused to bow. Everybody else in the crowd is bowing, but not them. They're willing to step out of the crowd. How about you today? Do you have any conviction, or do you just go along with the crowd? Second Corinthians 6 and 17, Come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. And touch not the unclean thing. What is God saying? He is saying step out of the crowd. Step out of the crowd with conviction like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Do you have any convictions? Or do you bow with crowd? What do you do when the crowd offers you something that goes against the laws of God? What do you do? Do you bow? Do you go along to get along? Have you set any boundaries? Have you set any boundaries at work? Oh, does the atmosphere change when you walk into the room? Or do your coworkers think nothing different about you because they sense nothing different about you? Do they feel comfortable telling you their dirty stories in your presence and bragging of their sexual escapades over the weekend in front of you? Or because of your conviction and because you have stepped out of the crowd and you have marked yourself as a person of God, Amen. man, you dare not bow. Let me give you three things this morning. Three things a good set of convictions will do for you. Three things a good set of convictions will do for you. Number one, a good set of convictions will guard you. They'll guard you. Sin is so seductive and so sneaky. But friend, a good set of convictions can help guard your life. But not only will a good set of convictions guard you, they will also guide you. Oh, without a good set of convictions, you are aimless. Anything goes. But a good set of convictions will help guide you like a compass. No, that is out of bounds for me. No, I won't go there. No, I won't be involved with that. No, God would not be pleased with that. And three, this morning, a good set of convictions will guarantee you, oh, they will guarantee you that you will be useful for the kingdom Of God. Oh, what a testimony Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had. Because of their convictions. Because they were not willing to go along with the crowd. Because they were willing to step out of the crowd with their conviction. And draw the line in the sand and say, I will not participate. This is against the law of my God. Because they were willing, amen, to set themselves up as an example. And set themselves apart from the crowd. Because they were willing to do that. Oh, what a testimony they had oh, because of their convictions they were able to introduce King Nebuchadnezzar to the true and the living God oh, he sets up this image of gold and he says this is the God but all oh, because of Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego and because of their conviction they were eventually able to introduce King Nebuchadnezzar to the true and the living God look at Daniel chapter 3 Daniel chapter 3 verse 20 Oh, the king commanded certain mighty men of valor who were in his mighty army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, cast them into the burning, fiery furnace. And then these men were bound in their coats, their trousers, their turbans, their garments, and were cast into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. And therefore, because the king's command was urgent, the furnace exceedingly hot, the flame of the fire killed those who, were, uh, who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down, bound into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. This is the good part. Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished. He arose in haste and he said to his counselors, Did we not cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They said, That's right, true. O King three. Oh, he said, look. Oh, he said, I see four men, and they're loose, and they're walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not heard, and the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Then Nebuchadnezzar went near the mouth of the burning fiery furnace, And spake saying, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out and come here. And then Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego came from the midst of the fire. And the satraps, administrators, governors, and the king's counselors gathered together. And they saw these men on whose bodies the fire had no power. And the hair of their head was not singed, nor was their garments affected. And the smell of fire was not even on them. Notice Nebuchadnezzar spoke saying, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Did you hear him? Before, he's got his own God. He set up his own God. He's created his own God. But now, now he blesses. He said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who sent his angel and delivered his servants who trusted in him. And they have frustrated the king's word and yielded their bodies that they uh, should not serve uh, nor worship any god except their own god. Oh, he's got a new law now. Ah, ah, oh, therefore I make a decree or I make a law that any people, nation, or language which speaks anything amidst against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut in pieces and their houses shall be made an ash heap because they, because there is no other God who can deliver like this. And then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. Oh, friend, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were willing to step out of the crowd. And because of that, King Nebuchadnezzar was introduced to the truth and the living God, and the entire nation heard about the true and the living God. David stepped out of the crowd with courage. Oh, three Hebrew children stepped out of the crowd with conviction. Another one I want to talk about you're very familiar with as well. The little lad in John 6 stepped out of the crowd with a contribution. Hallelujah. You know the story. The multitude had listened to Jesus teach all day long. (laughs) Evidently Jesus was a long-winded preacher. (laughs) They were there all day long. I heard about a pastor who always preached a long, long time every single Sunday. And finally, the people started calling him Brother Pharaoh. And somebody asked one of the members, Why do you call Pastor Smith Brother Pharaoh? He said, Because he wouldn't let his people go either. Evidently, Jesus was a long-winded preacher. He had ministered all day long, and the people had nothing to eat. Here's the problem. There's 5,000 hungry families. Hear me this morning. Don't try and tell me that out of 5,000 family units, that this lad was the only one that had anything to eat. I mean, just walk through the church after service on Sunday morning. Don't tell me out of 5,000 family units that this little lad was the only one that had anything to eat. But the crowd offered nothing. And the crowd kept what they had. But there was a little boy there that day. Oh, there was a little lad there that day that was willing to step out of the crowd with a contribution. Five little barley loaves of bread and two small fish. Oh, oh not very much in the hands of the little lad. Oh, but more than enough in the hands of the master. And Jesus took the little lad's lunch. He took the little contribution from the little lad that day and he blessed it and he broke it and he gave it and 5,000 hungry families were fed. Oh, you can eat fish and chips that day out of a little lad's Flintstones lunch pail. Friend, God seldom does much, if anything, with the crowd. But in the midst of the crowd, there's somebody that is in the crowd that if only they will step forward, if only they will step out of the crowd, they can be used mightily by God. Notice three things that this lad experienced that day that he never would have experienced had he remained in the crowd. The first one is supervision. I don't know this for sure, but perhaps he had been at the very back of the crowd that day. See, in those days, children weren't like they are today. They didn't run the family like they do today. And that's another sermon. And believe me, I have it. They kind of were raised like some of us were raised. Children are to be seen and not heard. How many ever heard that statement? from your parents over and over probably he was in the back of the crowd he's just a lad children didn't have uh, you know they weren't like we treat them today but all of a sudden he finds himself up front and personal with Jesus Where he would have never been, no, never would have been. He finds himself. He's got a front row seat to the miracle that's going to take place before his very eyes. The second thing that this lad experienced that day that he never would have experienced if he had stayed with the crowd, and that one is satisfaction. Oh, can you even imagine how good he must have felt to know that his little lunch had a part to play in 5,000 hungry families getting fed. Oh, if I could only get you to understand this morning. Oh, if I could only get you to imagine this morning how good that it's going to feel when we get to heaven and people start running towards us from all parts of heaven. Oh, and they come before us thanking us for our missions dollars that we gave to send someone to tell them about Jesus to realize that people who were bound for a devil's hell were literally snatched from the very flames of hell and provided a place in heaven because of the contribution that we made. Because of this contribution, this little lad experienced supervision, satisfaction, and sensation. I can just visualize how big this little boy's eyes must have gotten as he watched Jesus take his little bitty lunch and see it multiply from in front of his very eyes. He's right there with Jesus. Can you imagine how big his eyes must have been as Jesus started breaking off the bread and breaking off the fish and breaking off the bread and breaking off the fish. Oh, and seeing it multiply and seeing 5,000 families fed with that one little bitty lunch that he brought that day. I was thinking about this yesterday. Can you imagine the story he had to tell when he got back home? I'm convinced that mom and dad didn't even believe him. Mom, you won't, you won't believe what happened to me today. Man, I went down there, you know, to that gospel meeting, you know, where that miracle worker was. And mom, I handed him my lunch, and mom, he took my little bitty lunch, and he fed 5,000 families with my little bitty lunch. I'm sure the mom and dad didn't even believe him. I'm convinced that he told the story over and over and over and over again throughout his lifetime. All this was his claim to fame. Oh, I can see him 50 years later and his grandkids are asking him, Grandpa, 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 tell us that story again. Tell us that story again. Grandpa, about that time you brought that lunch when you were a little bitty boy and you gave it to Jesus and he fed 5,000 families with your little bitty lunch. Tell us that story one more time. But friend, none of this would have happened to this little lad if he, like the crowd, would have held on to what he had. What if he had said to himself, my little lunch won't make any difference. Look at this multitude. Have this little bitty lunch. My little lunch won't make any difference. What if he had said to himself... I'm hungry too. And if I give my lunch away, I won't have anything to eat. Or what if he had said, I'm just a kid? Why well, don't one of these adults? I've seen there, some of them's got some stuff. Saw it. They tried to hide it, but I saw it. Kids see. But this will. This little lad was willing to step out of the crowd with a contribution. Oh, and remember the end of the story. After they fed the five thousand families, they gathered up the fragments of they gathered up the leftovers, and the Bible said that there were twelve baskets full. He came with how many baskets? One. They fed five thousand families and gathered how much back? Scripture doesn't say what they did with the 12 baskets of food that were left, but perhaps they were given to the little lad to take home with him. Because Luke 6 and 38 says, If you'll give, it will be given back to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over, will be put back into your bosom. And with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you again. God is looking for somebody today that is willing to step out of the crowd today. That are not going to just stand with the crowd and stand with the rest of the bunch, but they're willing to step out and make the contribution, offering what they have to the Lord. Notice one more this morning that was willing to step out of the crowd. Peter stepped out of the crowd of commonality. Peter stepped out of the crowd. Of commonality. In Matthew 14, the disciples, including Peter, are in a boat. The crowd rocks along in the boat. That's what the crowd does. It's rock along. They're safe. They're secure. They're satisfied. Jesus is walking on the water. The crowd don't walk on the water. Now the crowd sits in the boat. Crowd is content to just float along, float along, float along. But Peter stepped out of the crowd. Peter joins Jesus in water walking. Oh, Peter steps out of the crowd of commonality. Friend, anybody can ride in the boat, anybody can enjoy the comfort and the security that the boat provides. But I want to tell you this morning, you will never experience the thrill. You will never enjoy the excitement. You will never experience the joy. Amen. Unless you are one of those that are willing to step out of the boat of commonality and do what no one else is willing to do. And I can tell you by experience that being willing to step out of the crowd of commonality And being willing to walk where others refuse to walk is the most rewarding and the most fulfilling thing that you will ever do in your life. Three things this morning and I'm done. Three things that stepping out of the crowd of commonality will do for you. Oh, this is good. I need to write a book. If you step out of the crowd of commonality, three things will do for you. Number one, it will present you with places no one else will ever go. It will present you with places where no one else will ever go. Peter held the distinction from this time on. He got to put it in his resume that he is the only person besides Jesus to walk on the water. You see, only people who are willing to step out of the crowd will be presented with certain places and certain opportunities. Oh, oh, the crowd will never experience these places. I need an hour to preach this, but I've got five minutes. Number two, stepping out of the crowd of commonality will also partner you with people no one else will ever share the experience with. It will partner you with people. No one else will ever share this experience with. Peter had the incredible experience of walking on the water with Jesus. The other 11 watched. Jesus walk on the water And they got to tell their kids and their grandkids I was there that day I was there I saw firsthand. I saw I saw Jesus walking on the water But Peter was able to tell his family Not only did I see him But I walked with him Friend, if you are willing to step out of the crowd of commonality, you will be partnered with people that you never ever would be if you remained in the commonality of the boat. And the third thing, stepping out of the crowd of commonality will also provide you with privileges that no one else will experience. Provide you with privileges That no one else will experience. Friend, there are doors that will open for you. There is provision that will be made available to you. Oh, oh, there will be opportunities that will be waiting on you. But it's only to those that are like Peter. Oh, who are not going to be... Tent to sit in the boat. Anybody can sit in the boat and watch. Amen. But being willing, amen, to step out of the crowd. Being willing, my friend, to exercise some faith. Amen. Being willing to get beyond the common and the ordinary and walk and experience something that no one else is going to experience or know or enjoy. How about it this morning as the worship team gets back in place this morning. Is there anybody willing to step out of the crowd today? Someone like David willing to step out of the crowd with courage. Courage to face the giants in your life. Courage to face the giants in your family. Somebody like the three Hebrew children who stepped out of the crowd with conviction. They would not go along with the crowd, they would not bow. Even if it cost them the burning fiery furnace, they would not bow. Somebody like the little boy who stepped out of the crowd with a contribution. Oh, I don't have very much, Lord. It's only five loaves and two fish. But, God, I know, Lord, that you don't ask for much. You just ask for what I have. Somebody like Peter who stepped out of the crowd of commonality. I'm not going to walk with the common. I'm not going to walk with the crowd anymore. I'm going to walk where no other man has walked. I'm going to be involved in some things others will not be involved in. I'm going to get to know some people that others will never get to work with and get to know. I'm going to be in some places and have some experiences, amen, that others will never have or never experience because I am willing to step out of the crowd. I am willing to get beyond the norm and the common. I am willing to let God use me. Here I am, God. Use me. I'm ready, willing, and able. Hallelujah. Will you step out of the crowd today? Father, we thank you. Father, for the word of the Lord today. God, let it be a challenge to the heart of the people today. Oh, God, make our give us a group of people, Lord. Give us a people, Lord. I know it's not the crowd, but Lord, give us, Lord, people today. God, give us someone in this crowd today. Someone in this crowd. Someone in this crowd today who will be willing to step out of the crowd and be used for the glory. Of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed for just a moment this morning. I just want to make sure that everyone has an opportunity today. Maybe you've been walking with the crowd today as far as the world is concerned. You've been walking. You've been walking in sin. You've been walking in the ways of the world. And and, uh, you have not separated yourself from the world and unto the Lord by salvation. If that's you today and you want to step out of the crowd today. You want to step out from under the world and its influence. And walk towards Jesus today. And receive Him as Lord and Savior of your life. If you're not saved today and you'd like to give your heart and life to Christ. If that's you this morning, I want you to raise your hand in this room and let me recognize that you've raised your hand today and I want to have a prayer with you before we leave today. Anyone in this room today? Anyone in this room today? Anyone in this room today? All right, I wonder if there's some here this morning you'd you'd say, Pastor, man, this speaks to my heart this morning. Ah, I want to to be willing today. I want to step out of the crowd today. Whatever in one of these things that we've talked about, or maybe it's something else that the Lord has used this to talk to you about this morning. And you want to separate yourself today. You want to to separate yourself from the crowd. You want to see and enjoy uh, and have those things that only come to those that are willing to step out of the crowd. Is that you here this morning? Can I see your hand all over this room? God bless you and you. and You and many are raising their hands this morning. Could we stand in the presence of God today? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We love you and we worship you today. Hallelujah.